Welcome to the Dynasty Tailgate Podcast, part of the IDP Army Podcast Network. We are in the official start to the draft season. So we've got the season over with. Every, all the college games that are a part of the regular season is over. Championships have been, you know, champions have been crowned. And now we're into bowl season slash the, uh, you know, college football playoff, obviously. So this is a really good time of year to, A, get a jump start on who's going to be in the draft, who's going to go back to school, who's going to transfer away from the places they are now, you know, possibly people that we thought were going to get drafted. So, I mean, this is a very exciting time to be in the draft process. So, before I get started, though, let's tell you. All right, welcome into day morning, noon, night, whenever you're listening to this. I appreciate you being here for a little bit of, you know, early draft nuggets, a little bit of here and there. We've got some news. Um, I do want to start out with with the college football playoff. Um, It turns out that it wasn't actually that big of a a shock. I mean, USC, I credit Lincoln Riley for everything that he's able to do offensively. The man cannot win a big game. Just can't happen. I can't lie, as an Oklahoma fan, watching – Watching that USC Utah game, I had like, you know, a lot of flashbacks to watching Oklahoma play when they, you know, they would go up against a, even a decent defense, and Lincoln Riley would just get completely blown out, and that's exactly what happened. Honestly, it's going to be one of the worst um, wastes of a career of all time when Caleb Williams comes out after next season because best case scenario, best case, you know. They, he win, you know, he's probably going to win the Heisman this year, so that's awesome. But the next year, they've got to, he's going to win one conference championship in his entire uh, time in college. That's one. And then he has one shot at winning the national championship with Caleb Williams, who's probably the best prospect since Trevor Lawrence. It's quite sad. Quite sad. I know that everybody's out there, they're building something. Lincoln's building something. Okay, <laughs> Caleb Williams is going to be a very, very high, like you know, better than C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young this season quarterback prospect, and he didn't win much with them. Didn't win a conference championship in either of his two first years, and he's really only got a chance to win one next year. And I, that seems like a very tall task given the talent out there. And I don't think that defense is going to get better that fast. It sure didn't at Oklahoma. So. That was sad to see for some, not very sad to see for me. But the, the table set, we got Ohio State snuck in there, back door. A lot of people thought it might be Alabama. I'll tell you this, they shouldn't lose two games. That's how you prevent yourself from being out of the college football playoff. So we have Georgia versus Ohio State. Don't think that'll be particularly close. I think Georgia will win that pretty soundly, especially because as a player we're going to get to today, has officially opted out of that game. Mm injury quote-unquote but we'll get to that and then tcu versus michigan a lot i mean a lot of people have michigan blowing tcu out tcu is just one of those weird teams though and i know this is going to be like the big 12 thing where you know you think the big 12 but tcu's got this like really strange um way of getting and staying in games i don't know i think they're going to really muck things up for michigan so I think that that game will be closer than a lot of people think, which I think it's the biggest spread right now. But I don't know. I have 
I have my doubts um, about that one in particular. But I think it'll be Georgia versus Michigan, and then Georgia goes back to back. Back to back. You know, Drake fans out there, no. And I, I they deserve it. Georgia's the best team this season. So pretty easy, said, done. Like I said earlier, Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman, it looks like, which is great for me because I bet on that before the season. A little bit of a hate bet, you know. I just didn't really want to see Lincoln win another Heisman this quickly as soon as he left. And so I put money on it because it's like if he – at least if – at least if I have to watch it happen, I want to get a little something in my pocket. And, of course, that's exactly what ha- it looks like is going to happen. There could be some kind of shocker where, like, Max Duggan wins. But based on who they're inviting, C.J. Stroud's not going to win. Max Duggan, I would love to see him win. I don't think he's going to win. And Stetson Bennett is just as a joke to have him there. I'm sorry. I know – that you know he's put up decent numbers this year, but he has not been. He's not better than Hendon Hooker, and he's not better than Blake Corum from Michigan. So, I don't know. A little bit of weird. I don't even know Georgia bias. I don't even know. Like the defense is what is getting them places, and Brock Bowers. Like I don't know. That, that was a weird one. Don't really like that one, but whatever. Okay, on to the actual news and notes from the draft. We've gotten some big things coming out. Um, I'll start with the biggest one first. Kayshawn Booty's going back to college. He's decided and declared that he is wants to win a national championship at LSU, so he's going to go back to school, and he's going to be there. Um, he was sitting around three or four in the rankings for wide receivers in this draft. Obviously, now there is a gigantic hole in, you know, this feels like there's a buffer. So there is Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston, and I will we'll get to this in a little bit, I promise you. But Jackson Smith and Jig was right after that number three. And then we have a little bit of a buffer. Because the next batch, there's great wide receivers in here. I don't necessarily know what they're gonna be just yet. That's Josh Downs, Rasheed Rice, Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, like I, all of those guys. I, I love the ideas of them. It's Definitely, like a couple of them are going to be amazing NFL wide receivers. But at this point in time, I could not tell you which ones of those they're going to be. I mean, we're talking second and third round guys here. And the wide receiver, you know, market is drying up quick, which honestly, like, I think if a team needs a wide receiver going into next season, the draft is probably not where they're going to be going for it. Um, These draft classes have been pretty good for the last couple of years here. You've got you know, guys that you just knew immediately were going to be something. It's hard to see that in this bunch. It really is definitely not going to even get close to the years that we had in 2019 or 2020, where we got, you know, Jamar Chase, CD Lamb, Justin Jefferson. I don't think we're going to get any, I don't see any of these guys being that as possible, obviously, but it's hard to believe that. But Jordan Addison and Quentin Johnson are the two guys that I would be you know, looking at heavily here. I still, a lot of people are sleeping on Jordan Addison. I'm telling you, it's a mistake, a super, super mistake. I I would not be sleeping on him right now. But those two are definitely in the first round. So now let's get to the weird one in all this, and that's Jackson Smith and Jigba from Ohio State. So just to rewind, in case anybody hasn't been listening this entire season, um, he started out as number one, and he stayed number one pretty well the first seven weeks of the season in our rankings because of what he did in 2021, 1,600 yards. I mean, he looked way better 
the Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, but we just weren't sure. We just needed to like shore up the details a little bit, see what we're going to get. And then hopefully this season he was going to go out there and maybe put up a 2000 yard season. I mean, it would have been wild to watch, but we were hoping that we were hoping to see that. And then the injury happened. Um, And from there, it's just been kind of a like, question mark after shoulder shrug after not really knowing what we're looking at here because he hasn't played in a, okay in a full capacity in a year I mean he, he like obviously started against Notre Dame in the first game but he got that injury and he has been nursing it the entire season um I don't really know what to make of this I mean it's a hamstring so those things can linger. And if you don't, you know, if you athletes know their bodies, if they don't trust it, they're not going to put it back out there just to, you know, potentially make it worse. But at the same time, so, you know, fast forward to today, he announced that he is not going to participate in the bowl game, that his doctors have not fully cleared him to play. And so that he is going to just start preparing for the draft. He has committed that for sure he will be at the NFL Combine. And he will be ready to go by then. Mm, don't love it. Uh, first off, don't don't love it. So we've been rehabbing since September, and by January, like I don't even know. I think it's the first. I think it's the, is, is the date. No, I think it's December thirty first. Anyway, we're not going to be prepared by then to come back from this hamstring injury. Like, hmm, that's weird. That's it's a, it's just a, it. it it just doesn't sit right. And so everybody's going to have to go off of tape from last year. And so I think that his first round conversation is going to be interesting. I don't really see how a team could willingly take him in, into the first round unless it's a late pick. We're talking like in the 20s where that pick starts to make sense. But if we're talking anything from 10 to 20, it's a risk. It is a, a huge risk. Now, are you going to get the receiver from two years ago? Obviously, you didn't forget how to play football, but at the same time, we're going off of one season here. One season. Those sometimes don't always work out. We just don't know. So, I don't like that he's not playing in the playoff game. It just it, and the thing is, it's just not even he's playing not in the playoff game. He's not going to play in the national title either. Obviously, um, if he's not committing to playing in the playoff game, so. I think that a lot of draft scouts are going to have some notes and questions about it. I just, I hope he's prepared to answer, is your hamstring okay? Is your hamstring okay? A million times in a row from all the different scouts and GMs and people that interview these guys during the draft process. He's going to answer the question a, a million times. And I hope that he has a nice prepared answer for it because until we get to the combine, until, you know, Obviously, there are players that have not participated in the combine, like Jamison Williams didn't uh, last year because obviously he tore his ACL in the national title game. So, you know, it's like, you know, he, he tore his in, in the playoff game. And then you have people like Drake London who, you know, had that foot injury in the middle of the game. Well, foot injury, he broke it um, in the middle of the season. So, obviously, he was able to play up until that point and did play up until that point. And then obviously could not participate after that. But this is a hamstring injury. And it's kind of a mysterious one because he has tried a couple times to get back out there, but he ends up by kind of re-aggravating it and stuff. It's just, 
Ah, I don't know. This this is one of the weirdest things to happen in quite some time because I obviously you've got all of the potential in the world for him, but is he going to be able to play for the rest of the season? Like, is he going to be able to come into the combine and be a hundred percent? Is he going to be you know relevant in this draft class? Like, I just it's hard for me to comment either way. But moving on. So, um, as far as, like, the quarterbacks go, uh, I did have to scratch Phil Jerkovec off because I thought he might come in out. He still was, like, the eighth or ninth quarterback in this class, so it's not like that was a huge miss, but he's decided to transfer. He's going to go to Pittsburgh, where Kenny Pickett played. Um, you know, we'll see. He's reuniting with his offensive coordinator that got me excited about him two years ago, so I hope that maybe we can rediscover some of that magic, but maybe not. Um I would go ahead and bet Alabama's players are all going to book it. I don't think there any of them are going to play in their bowl game. Um, so I think that's safe to say. Anthony Richardson officially declared for the draft, which is exciting. I don't think his stock is going to get any higher. Um, I do have – it's not that I don't like Hendon Hooker. A lot of people are really out on Hendon Hooker now. I get it. He's old. It's sad times for those of us that are especially like 30-plus – now feeling a little washed when you say a 25 year old's an old man it's 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 different these days let's let's tell that especially everybody out there that's listening that's of an age when you hear a 25 year old is basically a washed up old man that's tough to hear but anyway i'm hearing that a lot that a lot of people think that and they don't want to put him that high in their quarterback rankings and are making it potentially a second rounder i just don't know how you watch what we watched this year from him at Tennessee and he was able to navigate and elevate every single player on that offense to their best of their ability and not think that that guy can't come into the next level and make a huge impact right away. Because here's the thing. And I just like, I know there's people out there that are going to be like, well, there's been old quarterbacks in the past that have also done similar things like Brandon Whedon, for example, Brandon Whedon had good weapons around him. I, I wouldn't necessarily say, what Hendon Hooker had to work with, like Jalen Hyatt, for example, was a great way. Like nobody really had him on their radar as a huge draft person before the season. I, I would love to see how many people had him as a, you know, potential second rounder going into the draft or into the season, because there's just no way that I would believe anybody had that. I, it's possible, obviously, but it, I, it's hard for me to believe on my own. But so this this quarterback class is getting particularly interesting. I I thought there was going to be six or seven. Like this is going to be a huge miss for me. Huge like six or seven quarterbacks in the first round. I think we're maybe down to four. If if Hendon Hooker can't sneak up in there, that would be, he would be five. I still really believe in him. I really hope that another team you know a, a team gives him a chance. I think he will kill it in the interviews. I don't think he'll be able to participate in any of the draft pre draft stuff. But I think. You know, I I just don't care about his age as much as a lot of people do, I guess. I don't know. It's just not that concerning to me. He transferred from Virginia Tech to Tennessee, and he's been fantastic this season. So kind of weird, by the way, that he's not at the Heisman ceremony. That's still going to be one of the – it's always going to be one of those weird ones to me because I think he deserves it, especially more than a lot of other people. Um Okay, that's a huge shade at Stetson Bennett, but you know what? Whatever. We're we're here. We're you know, 
Um, so very interesting. I still will Levis is still in a lot of people's mock drafts as a first round pick, even a top 10 pick. I'm telling you, I, there's just no way. There's just no way that's going to stick. He's going to be at the senior bowl and he's going to be going up against some quarterbacks that are not very good because there's not, you know, Hendon Hooker was going to be at the senior bowl. That would have been huge for him. A massive opportunity to show him what he can do. He's just not going to be able to do it. And it's tough. It's tough to see because, you know, Will Levis, you know, we were at the Senior Bowl last year. We saw Malik Willis, Kenny Pickett, you know, all those guys. Didn't love any of them. Thought thought a lot of them. Well, let's be honest. We thought all of them were bad. We didn't think any of them were going to be a first-round pick. Kenny Pickett somehow got in there. That's exciting and all, but. I'm seeing a lot of vibes like that from Will Levis, but who knows? Maybe we get there, he blows us away, and we, you know, maybe he looks better in shorts than he does actually playing the game. Happens. People fall in love with, you know, quarterbacks throwing in shorts. It's okay. They don't always look good in pads and throwing footballs in games that matter. It's just not some people's thing, I guess. Um, on to the running backs. Everything's going according uh, to plan here. We don't have anybody that's really made any kind of surprising announcement yet. So I actually think this is a sneaky depth running back class. I think there's a lot of these guys in here that are going to get good work next year. And I think that when you have your third or fourth round um, dynasty draft picks, like I would just be chewing up some of these guys that are Chase Brown, for example, from Illinois. I think he is, he has sneaky potentially RB one potential written all over him, but you know, obviously, B. John Robinson's going to go number one. I still think Jameer Gibbs and Zach Charbonnet are still first-round guys, um, just based on the opportunity they're going to get. Sean Tucker, Blake Carum, we'll see. He's getting knee surgery, so we'll see exactly what that looks like. But Sean Tucker, Blake Carum, Tank Bigsby, Zach Evans to a lesser extent, Devin Chain, Mo Ibrahim, Chris Rodriguez, Deuce Vaughn, which is a very interesting person. Like, if you watch Kansas State play TCU, every time Deuce Vaughn was on the field, you just were like, who is that guy? Who is that guy right there? And it's not just that, like, he is fast. He's also very strong. And I think a lot of people just they see the 5'6", five, 5'7", five, running back, and they just immediately brush him off because what's he going to be at the next level? I'm telling you guys, he feels a lot like Darren Sproles. It feels – like the everything about it just feels very identical because Deuce Vaughn has the time. I mean, Darren Sproles was, I mean, I would say a one of one, but we're watching, I think we're kind of watching a little bit of a replica here. Um, but Darren Sproles, every time he was on the field, it didn't matter. He was a danger from any spot on the field, and he was always going to be someone that's going to make some kind of impact play. And I think that's exactly if he ends up with the right team, I think, you know, and that's what we're getting into that season where you're going to hear me say this over and over again, if he ends up in the right situation, he ends up with the right team, if he gets drafted to the right place. Okay, it, and all of that is going to matter, I promise. But at the same time, a good offensive coordinator with a player like Deuce Vaughn is a very dangerous thing. I just If he ends up, like, I know Kyle Shanahan has to be thinking about what am I going to do to spell Christian McCaffrey because Elijah Mitchell does not appear to be him. Deuce Vaughn's interesting. I really I wish a guy like Kyle Shanahan um, could get his hands on him. That would be very interesting to me. Um, 
as far as like the tight ends go, I still like I still have to keep mentioning it. Michael Mayer is the guy. He is the one guy from this class. I don't know if any of these other guys are going to be um, particularly useful. Which I'm not going to lie, it sucks this year. If you're if you were at any level of fantasy football, if you're just playing redraft, if you're playing dynasty, if you're playing anything, tight ends are hard to come by. The two best, like two top six tight ends, are on IR and have been there for multiple weeks now. And they're still top six tight ends in points. That's not good for the position. And Travis Kelsey's only getting older. Zach Ertz is one of those players. He's only getting older. There's just not a lot of, I don't know, just not a lot of good tight ends coming down the pipeline, it feels like. And it really sucked this year because Trey McBride gets drafted to Arizona, sits behind Zach Ertz. Haven't really gotten to see him much in a featured role, which is tough because we kind of were hoping we would see some kind of Trey McBride, you know, breakout or something to at least show flashes. Um, and Isaiah likely got, you know, put behind Mark Andrews, which has sucked because obviously Mark Andrews is the second best tight end in the league. So if you get, you know, one of the best tight ends in the draft, put out there, it's just tough because if Mark Andrews doesn't have an injury, Isaiah likely is either not going to see the field or he's going to see it so limited that even if he does get a ball or two snapped and thrown his way, it's just not likely that it's actually going to mean anything in the uh, in the game. So I, I, I'm, I wish I could tell you Darnell Washington from Georgia, who is an absolute dominant freak of nature, 6'7", can catch, gigantic human being who I think would make anyone cower beneath him. I wish I could tell you you could get him on your team next year and he's going to be an immediate impact. But, like – Greg Dolchich for UCLA last year, you know, we liked him coming out, but it was going to take an opportunity. He fell into a good place when he fell into Denver. He's been quite good. Well, good is a strong word, but he's been useful in that offense, and they have actually used him. So, like, that's the kind of situation you're going to need from one of these guys. It's it's a tough position this year, especially. Um, Dalton Kincaid is an amazing receiving tight end, but, Trey McBride was an amazing receiving tight end. Like, I don't even know what that means anymore, you know? Like, it, it, are they going to get opportunities to actually show what they can do? I don't know. Don't know. Because, like, Cole Turner was somebody that we liked last season in the Senior Bowl, especially. And he ends up in Washington behind Logan Thomas. Logan Thomas has been hurt. Cole Turner has seen the field, but we don't really get to see much of him. Uh, Daniel Bellinger was having a decent little – season with the Giants until, you know, he got his eye basically torn out of his head, which, you know, happens. He was back, though, so that's exciting. I'm just glad to see that. But, yeah, we're just going to have to wait and see on tight end. I just – this position, I I think we're, like, going to have to, as a community, come together and be like, maybe we need to just make that tight end position, like a tight end – like a receiving flex option, like – a tight end or another wide receiver because it's just not enough. Like the position scarcity versus the, even the pipeline of guys that are coming up, they're decent guys. If they're not putting an opportunity where they can actually catch the ball and be a part of the offense, then I don't know. Like, I don't understand why other teams haven't figured this out yet. You have Travis Kelsey, who's like the most dominant receiver in the NFL. And it's because he's a gigantic man and he can catch the ball and he wins battles versus safeties i mean that's an easy matchup nightmare for anyone but seems like they either can't find somebody or they don't trust them i don't know one of the two mark andrews 
is another option like this that they've been doing something with. So very interesting um, tight end situation. I wish I could tell you that we've got somebody coming in here that's going to be immediate impact. I'd say Michael Mayer is probably the only one. Um, but just to end on the wide receivers one more time, just to get back to it, this Kayshawn Booty announcement is leaves, like I said, quite a hole in the uh, the wide receiver pool. Um, I'm definitely interested to see exactly who else can make a name for themselves, who else can come up, because, you know, obviously there's names that we're not even talking about yet that are going to mean something coming up here pretty quickly. But as far as, like, first-round guys go, like, I'll just go through the offensive and defensive first-rounders, like, just so we can get a kind of idea here of who, you know, we should be even looking at high in rookie drafts. C.J. Stroud, first-rounder. Bryce Young, first rounder, Anthony Richardson, first rounder, Will Levis against all odds, probably going to be a first rounder. Out of those four, I would stay away from Will Levis. Anthony Richardson, I think by the end of the draft season, is probably going to be number two. Um, I think Bryce Young is going to be number one, Anthony Richardson two, CJ Stroud three. I am not bold enough to do that just yet because, you know, I, I like to see the process through. This is an open notebook. This, you know, I, I would love to make predictions that, uh, you know, and stick to them like that. And I guess I do technically in the running back section because I have Zach Charbonnet number two versus Jameer Gibbs, which a lot of people have that automatically locked in. But in this category, Anthony Richardson presents a very interesting situation like he's not a particularly accurate passer, but boy, does he have an arm and boy, can he move? And those are two things that a lot of teams are going to be looking for in this draft. And he's one of them. Hendon hooker was also one of them, but I get it that people are afraid of what this ACL could possibly do. Bryce young can also do that. I would like to see his height before we make any calls. CJ Stroud is not a mobile quarterback. And I think that the, the first idea is going to be, oh, he can be like Joe Burrow or something like that. But Joe Burrow is even a little bit mobile. And not that C.J. Stroud cannot be mobile at all. It's not that he can't run. It's just he doesn't. Like that's not even, you know, if you had to go through your list of progressions, running the ball for a lot of these quarterbacks has to be within option three or four. And that's what, like, the league's going to. Like Jalen Hurts, the biggest problem with him was that it, it used to be, and this is the problem Leak Willis has been facing this season, running was number one. That was the first option. If you could get a pass off, that would be the second option. Or the first option was a pass. If that pass isn't immediately open, just take off running. Um, luckily, Jalen Hurst has evolved. He is much more better with his progressions now. Now he can read the field and see, like, why throw a risky pass for 20 yards when I can pick up 11 with my legs. Just makes the most sense. And I think that when we're, you know, building our perfect quarterback coming up here, I think that that's going to be something that people are looking for. And C.J. Stroud doesn't really have that build. He has kind of the old school build, and that's nerve-wracking because this is exactly, and I know that a lot of people give Ohio State quarterback shit, but this is exactly what was wrong with Troy Smith when he won the Heisman back in like 07, 06, one of those two. And then it's the same problem that Dwayne Haskins had when he came into the league. He was not mobile at all. He had a great arm. Arm was never the issue with Dwayne Haskins, but he couldn't run. And he didn't need to run. It's not – none of these guys have to run, but it has to be in the back pocket just in case, you know. It's like, you know, you never really see Brady run, but he could at one point in his career, you know, do a little scramble, a little scramble. 
That's what's killing Russell Wilson this year, by the way. He doesn't scramble anymore. It's not super helpful. Like Kenny Pickett, he came in. He knows the scramble thing. That's why Kenny Pickett, he's not good yet. He's There's building blocks there, and it's because he knows that he can scramble. Doesn't have to, just knows he can. All right, running backs, Bijan Robinson, I think he's going to end up in the first round. Past that, I would be shocked if Jameer Gibbs ended up in the first round. A lot of people are saying that he might. I just don't see it. Don't see it. And I, every time I watch Alabama, this is one of the worst Alabama offenses I've ever seen. Poor Bryce Young's out there. It feels like by himself. I just don't see it. Don't don't quite see it. Uh, wide receivers: Jordan Addison, Quentin Johnston. That's all I'm putting down for now, first round wise. It's just I, it's the safest bet. Jackson Smith and Jigba can get back up there at some point in time, but like you really, if you need a wide receiver, I'm looking at you Bears. If you need a wide receiver. You really missed out if you don't have one of these two guys because you're. It's not that you missed out. You just you have a longer path to go. I think there's two automatic guys, and the other ones are going to need a little work um, for now, at least. It's Jackson Smith and Jigba has a little star by his name though. Uh, tight ends: Michael Mayer is going to be the only one. So if you need a, a Michael Mayer, go get you a Michael Mayer. Um, on the IEDP side, uh, defensive end, pass rush, Will Anderson Jr., obviously number one, Miles Murphy from Clemson, and then Andre Carter from Army. Um, I think those guys are all first-rounders. Um, I would love to see Felix and Duque Zama get his way up there. I don't know how you watch Kansas, or Kansas State film and don't fall in love with this kid because I, he is just everywhere, and he's very good at protecting and keeping the quarterback – also a potential that Tyree Wilson, you know, gets back in the game. You know, there's a chance uh, Jared Verse could get back in there. Nolan Smith, I think his injury is going to keep him out of the first round. Uh, linebackers, I think it's Trenton Simpson, and that's it. Linebacker is a very rough situation this year. I hope you have your linebackers in order because this draft is it's deep with, like, lower-level guys like Chad Muma, who did have a good week this week um, and has had a couple of good weeks. He's – Snap percentage has gone up, but he's taken over for Devin Lloyd, who was our number one linebacker going into the class. So tough, you know, tough break all the way around. And then the DBs, Antonio Johnson's for sure going to be in there. Brandon Joseph, Joey Porter, Keely Ringo, Jordan Battle. All these guys are going to be in the first round. It's not that hard. Um, it's just a matter of are you going to take a safety that high? We tried our hardest to make Kyle Hamilton in a draft darling that we could you know, make into somebody a media star. He's been very situational and not always, you know, he's not exactly lighting up the stat sheet. It's still going to be a couple years, it looks like, for him. So hopefully they can figure it out. I know PFF tried their hardest to, you know, crank out one stat that made Kyle Hamilton the best safety in the league. But short of that, I don't really know how else you're going to get there. But that is all I got for you today. I appreciate you tuning in. Believe me, we will have more news and notes as this time goes on. We're going to do a mock draft at some point because we've got to get it out there. I just need Joe to, you know, come on to the podcast. And if you are out there and you want to, you know, at OP Joe with two E's on Twitter and say, hey, we need a mock draft, I would not blame you for doing that because I'm definitely ready to do the first IDP Army you know, first round mock draft because it's going to be very exciting because this is an exciting time of year. And I'm happy that you all are here listening and, you know, potentially watching um, all of this go through. So have a great rest of your day. I appreciate you tuning in. We will be back next week.